it's Ryan. And Ryan. We're back again. It's been a long time. We missed you. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to be better about that. I'm sure you guys remember that we were talking about how consistent we were going to be posting in our last podcast and then just immediately dropped the ball there. So Yeah, things have been getting a little hectic. Uh, you got school. School's been crazy. Um, getting nailed down with finals after finals. So, uh or midterms, midterms, yeah. midterms I, I guess. I, yeah, not really uh, finals, but yeah, a bunch of midterms. Halfway and finals. then you've been down in the Springs. Yeah. Um, Colorado Springs, for anybody that's wondering what that means. Um, yeah, I guess we haven't really talked about it yet on the show, but my dog shattered the shit out of my girlfriend's mom's tibial plateau. So basically like bone that connects your knee there. So been down there, her, um, my girlfriend, um, she's been taking care of her. So Pretty nasty um, fall, huh? Yeah, how that happened. That was a pretty wild story. So on Tour de Fat, it's the greatest holiday in Fort Collins history. Um, you just ride your bike around and get fucked up. I was on my way out, and they were gonna walk the dogs because she was up visiting, and then they were gonna meet me after the fact because they didn't have bikes or anything. So they're just gonna meet me back at um, New Belgium, who puts on Tour de Fat, and um, drink some beers there and stuff like that. So. They were going to walk the dogs while I was on the bike ride, and my dog took her down eight stairs. Nims pulled her down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, saw, saw a rabbit, and I guess she had, like, turned around and closed the door and, like, didn't know what was going on. Just got taken by surprise, and it must have been a nasty fall. She said she didn't hit a single stair on the way down, so she just, like, she flew. Just hit, she just hit the bottom rack. <laughs> yeah, there was concrete, wow. concrete landing, so... um. That was really bad. Been dealing with that one for a while. So I've been between my apartment in Fort Collins and the Colorado Springs quite a bit. So taking care of her. Right. Yeah. Um, so how's she doing now? Um, she's doing good. So she just had a knee manipulation. So they like put her to sleep and like forced her knee to like move and break up a bunch of scar tissue that was in there because she had it immobile for so long. The scar tissue just kind of hardened like concrete around her knee. So. Um, we're, we're hoping that that helped a lot. I mean, it was pretty recent that that happened, but it seems like I think she's still walking with a cane. I'm not positive on that, but if we can get rid of the cane, then she, she can start driving and shit. And then they put her on a bunch of drugs or anything? She doesn't like the pain pills and stuff. She said she would dabble with weed, but never really did, I don't think. I, like, brought her down some edibles one time. Or, no, they were, like, patches to Old alleviate patches. pain. Yeah, like so, CBD patches? Yeah, because CBD is, like, the body high. THC is the head high. So, like, these are, like, I think it's a one-to-one ratio. But what the dude was telling me that sold them to me, he's like, I put them on my feet because that's where your pores are the biggest. Like, you know, you got sweaty feet no and way. shit. So I, I thought like you bought them and like put them on the like affected area kind of, but I, I guess I, I thought you might throw it on like your jugular, you know, that's like <laughs> get that blood, blood pumping. Flow, you know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Um, yeah. So he was telling me he puts them on his feet. I don't think she's used any of them. I'll have to ask her when I go back down there. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering how that worked out. Cause I know a lot of people get strung out on them after they use them so yeah she's i mean everybody steer clear that i feel like anymore everybody's had like an experience with that where like they know somebody who's like been on the pain pills and it's just like it's just so fucked you know it's it's a bad situation so and then from the pain pillars you go to heroin and that's more fucked obviously so it's funny because i was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about people that get set up on pain pills from you know an accident well eventually you know get waned off them mm-hmm. but they get addicted weaned, weaned off them. weaned yes yes wanged. get wanged <laughs> off them. um but yeah so they'll get weaned off them and then next thing you know they're addicted so they start going out and trying to buy those uh prescription pain the pill, meds the pills and they're are fucking expensive. super expensive yeah. and then you got you know uh, little soccer moms quote unquote um out there buying heroin because it's cheaper yeah 
It's kind of crazy. It's, I mean, it's definitely, it's been described as an epidemic, and I mean, I agree, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh... Stay away from heroin, kids. (laughs) Hopefully your girlfriend's mom doesn't go down that route. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're, I think we're good there. She always, like, voices her opinion. She's like, I don't fuck with pain pills. Yeah, that's good. So, not, not too worried. What else is going on in your life? I know, what, you've been looking for a job. How's that going? Um, so yeah, I had those shitty interviews, those sales positions and stuff. Um, I actually just had a really good one this morning. Um, it was a phone interview, so I got to keep the neck beard and everything I got going on right now. I'm a real piece of trash looking motherfucker right now, but, um, phone interview went great. Um, the lady scheduled it for the following Tuesday, but told me that it was today. So they didn't call me for like 20 minutes and I hit her up. I was like, Hey, like haven't received any phone calls. And then before she could even text me back. I think she must have contacted the person who was going to email me or that was going to interview me and um, like let her know. And she just called me right away. So it was kind of good because they were on the defensive a little bit. So it was a little more relaxed in that sense because they were kind of like apologetic and I was, got to act like, oh, that's good. I was no like, <laughs> hopefully they weren't trying to catch you off guard. That's what I was, I'd be worried about. Right. Well, I was kind of thinking that because they, it turned out the email asked me to confirm the interview that I had and I didn't realize that until like midnight. So I was like, fuck. So I went and like woke up at like five in the morning. Actually, I didn't sleep at all. It was a bad night. But anyway, I emailed the back at like five in the morning to make it seem like, you know, like I get up early and like get my shit done. So I was like, yeah. You're like, yeah, I just got out of the gym. Yeah, you know, got yeah. a quick pump in. What's up? I can confirm On my email. way to the library to do a quick read. <laughs> what, what time should we uh, meet up? Yeah, so that, nice. I'm, that, that was all right, I guess. But um, yeah, so... Good interview, though. I mean, phone interviews, in my experience, they really just kind of tell you about the company more than drill question or drill you with questions. But um, seemed like it went pretty good. Um, optimistic about it. Uh, it's uh, oil and gas reclamation. So, like, I, there's two... I was, like, looking at the definition of it because I hadn't heard of it, actually. So there's, like, land reclamation where it's, like, been used for oil and gas and you restore the land, okay. which as an environmental consulting firm, that's what I'm thinking it's going to be, which would be, like, right up my alley and be something I'd really enjoy. And then the other one is, um, like, reusing used oil, like, like purifying it and, like, making it. That's why they ask you to recycle your oil and shit at, like, AutoZone. Yeah. Is they can, like, refine. So you like, would work at, like, a plant. In, in that well, aspect in right, that yeah, job yeah, yeah. scenario. But I don't think that that's the case, which is, I mean, either one would be fine because if you get experience in the oil and gas industry, like three years experience, you're getting paid 100K easy. So like they hire on 80 to 90% of their interns, they said. So I'm I'm optimistic about this one. I mean, that's, that's the ideal situation is you work an internship for the experience and then you get hired on with the company and it's paid that's a good plus too right so it's kind of it's kind of weird the way she was saying it's paid so it's a 12 to 14 dollar pay scale and i don't know if that includes the two dollar raise but there's a two dollar raise for doing what's expected of you which seems insane to me so i so if you don't do what you're supposed to you still get paid the standard rate. so if i don't if i don't do my job at all I'll probably get fired. But if I don't do like certain aspects of my job, then I won't get the $2 an hour raise. But every job I've worked is... You would think, you know, there's <laughs> like consequences if you don't do what you're supposed to, right? right. So I'm, but they, uh, ins- they pay you more. That's sweet. Yeah. So it's like an incentive thing, I guess, to do that's, my work, which... That's really weird. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I think if they have to have that in place, then I should be a shoe in for the hiring process after the internship, provided that I get it. Getting the, putting the horse in front of the carriage. Wait. Putting the carriage in front of the... Oh, fuck that saying. I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. You never heard that one? Put the carriage in front front of the horse, I'm assuming, right? 
Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, <laughs> put the go. horse in front of the carriage, right where it belongs. <laughs> right where it belongs. Right on the right track. Oh. So I want to kind of um, come back on your interview. How how long was it? Um. So I mean, it was like like I said, it was more of a conversation than an interview, but it was probably like. 20 minutes long like she asked like i'd be doing a lot of driving in company vehicles so i'm gonna have to pass a drug test hella nervous about that dude i'm gonna have to start sweating and shit oh dude you don't you don't like hit that the ganj do you <laughs> never have i ever hit the ganj <laughs> but um yeah so we get a company car hence the drug test um don't want you all fucked up driving a company car for obvious reasons that's fair but uh, i've been off the heroin for a while now um so that should that should be good mm. Weaning off the coke. <laughs> oh, oh fuck. shit! No, but um, I'm not really too worried about that. Like, I mean, I do blaze a little bit for anybody who's listening that wasn't sure about that. It's Colorado, man. It's legal. Fuck it. But I mean, it gets stored in adipose fat tissue. Don't have a lot of that, though. I am gaining a little bit, cultivating mass out here. <sighs> but I mean, I from what I've been seeing, it's like two to three weeks, and that's what she said she'd be responding to me in. Okay. Two to three you got weeks. Plenty of time. So, no, so what? I, I actually had an interview um, last week with Woodward and Woodward Financial. Uh, no, Woodward. They're a um, energy. I feel like contr- is Woodward Financial a real thing? I'm gonna look this up. Look it up. But uh, Woodward is more of a energy control uh, company, and what they do is they do controls for energy products yeah. like windmills, stuff like that. Um, they do a lot of like hydraulic parts for airplanes. Mm. Um, and I was looking to get an internship at their finance department. They had a couple spots open. I uh, heard about that through um, CSU and the business college. But that's really nice that they do that for you and kind of give you that opportunity. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's really nice. But is it, it's kind of crazy how stressful those interviews are. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot riding on it. I for mean, sure. It's like, do you have any tips for people like? going into an interview woodward financial financial institution in north carolina so i've probably never heard of it. but as far as like tips for going into interviews um there's stuff that you can find all over the place um there's like structured questions um one thing that i was told in my business writing class is that sometimes they'll put your resumes because i mean applying for jobs anymore even though ivanka trump somehow created a million jobs according to trump i just saw some like interview that he was doing she created millions of jobs. Ivanka Trump has. What kind of jobs are we talking? I, I haven't seen any of them, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> maybe, it's the, maybe it's at the wall. Yeah, seriously. But, um, yeah, so I would say that's like with that going on, there's screening processes for your resume. And I've gotten like follow up emails from bigger companies such as like BP, um, this one that I just applied for recently, and um, uh, the United States Department of Agriculture that I also applied for. I kind of had like a internship ish thing for them there. Um, but your resume gets processed through these like things to like sift out the bad ones basically. And it's good to like go on the company's website and go to like the about us page, go to the careers page and like look at the way that they're describing the job and describing the work culture and use the exact same words that they use. Because a lot of times they'll have those things come up in the screening process where they're like, if, if not enough of your resume matches with what they're expecting from you, then they just won't even look at it themselves. They'll just have a That's how they sift through those thousands and thousands of right. Uh, resumes. Right. And I mean, you got to be assuming anymore that there's at least, you know, two to 400 people applying for positions. I know that was the case in Savannah's situation. My girlfriend, they told her after the fact once she got hired. And I'm sure it's pretty common anymore to have that many people applying for stuff right out of college, you know? like. Well, and I think 
the thing is with everybody applying for jobs is there's so much competition now mm-hmm. um, that everybody feels a need to apply for 100, 150 jobs just oh, yeah. to even maybe get 10, 15 interviews, you know, 10%. So then when you get the interview, like you were saying, there's a ton writing on it because you put so much time and effort into getting that one interview, you know, like 20 applications. And that's basically. why it becomes so stressful. Right. But obviously, I think, I think the biggest thing is to uh, just be yourself, be honest with them. Right. Um, and come forth and just try to... I think the biggest thing companies look for is how you relate your skills to the job application mm-hmm. and how you're going to utilize your skills to help um, growth yeah. in the company and yourself. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to like really emphasize that is, I think is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, so you, you definitely want to be honest and genuine because in the interview process, they're interviewing the person, not like you're, you know, they wouldn't have you in there if they could just look at your criteria and be like, okay, like based on this guy's resume, he's the most qualified person for the job. You know, they'll take like the top five, 10 people. I mean, in Savannah's case, she's interviewing for a place right now. They took um, they had three in-person interviews at this, or they had like two phone interviews, three in-person interviews, and now she's got another in-person interview after they whittle it down to two people. So it's like, I mean, it's... it's and then sometimes you go in front of a board. Yeah, yeah, do then, group interviews, really yep. intimidating. Um, but I do think that sometimes it's good to have structured answers for things. Like if they ask you, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Don't be like, well, I'm not going to be with the company anymore. Like, I'm just trying to, like, build my resume and then, like, move on to something and, like, negotiate a new contract, you know? That's a bad tactic. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> really I mean, like, tactic. whether, like, that's, like, what your real intention is, there's there's certain things that you definitely don't want to say. So, I'd say it's good to prepare, but don't over-prepare in some cases. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, they're interviewing the person. So, you definitely do want to be genuine to an extent and you don't want to, like have your answers like word for word written out in your head and say like, I, I need to say it exactly this way. And like, because then you're going like, to be stressing about getting that point across. Cause yeah. you're thinking about it so much. And you're going to come right? across as like a robot and they're going to be like, what 100%. the fuck is that guy's dealing? You know? Yeah. 100%. Like you have that piece of paper and it tells, tells them what your experience is, but you have to be able to let them know why that experience is even relevant or why you care. I think that's the biggest thing too is oh yeah, like a lot of showing times like, you have like, um, you just like care about what you're doing. Yeah. I, a lot of times they ask you why it like why you chose the company and um, having a pre-prepared answer for that. I, mean, I think that's super important. Oh, yeah, for sure. God dang. I turned that off earlier. I just forgot to turn it off again. It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. But another thing is like with it, like with it being a high stress situation, definitely do not beat yourself up. Like some people are crazy qualified for positions and they can't find work. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of places are asking for one to three years experience. Some people can't find work in that and they're applying for entry level jobs because they think they have a better chance of getting it. And so they can be way overqualified and, you know, you could not get a job because somebody with like a PhD or some shit, you know, is applying for the same job. Like I had one internship I was interviewing for and they went with a student who was getting his master's degree rather than me who is getting his bachelor's degree. It's like, that makes sense, you know? 100%. So um, definitely don't beat yourself up or get down about anything. You got to stay persistent. And I think more than anything, having experience, relevant experience goes a long way. You know, don't just say, well, I can't get any jobs because I'm not, you know, qualified because that was kind of my big thing. I was like, God, like, I'm going to have to go back and get my master's because I'm not qualified for anything. But it's like, I still wouldn't have infield experience, which is what every job is asking for and i've talked to a couple people with multiple bachelors and stuff like that and they've said the same thing you just gotta have professional experience and it's like it's kind of a conundrum because how do you get professional experience when every single job that you're looking at is three to five years experience required so 
and um, you're like, I'm just trying to get the starting experience now. Right, right. And, and it can be frustrating sometimes, mm-hmm. um, demoralizing. Right. I think, so, like, one thing about, like, I didn't get too frustrated. I, I only probably submitted, probably looking at, like, 20-ish. Probably 20 is a safe bet. I only submitted about 20 applications. Got a couple of interviews. A couple of them were shitty at, like, sales positions where they were just trying to probably hire on everybody because they have such a high turnover. Um, but I think qualifying, or, like, you know, people that talk about, like, applying 200 places, you got to assume that they're probably applying for jobs that are not really in their, like, wheelhouse, you know? Like, right, it's they're not qualified. Field. Right, yeah, exactly. So, um, so you know, you might just need a job way- anywhere. Yeah, so, like, if you're, like, discouraged and you're not getting inter- any interviews and stuff like that, like, make sure, like, you're applying for stuff that you're qualified to do. And, I mean, if you can get professional experience anywhere, don't be afraid of, like, taking, like, 14 you know, $15 an hour. Like, this internship I'm interviewing for not high paying at all like we were saying but getting that professional experience and then hiring on 80 to 90 percent of the people that work there that's That's what's going to pay off in the long run exactly so like i mean if you have to take a little pay cut like i would technically be taking a pay cut from where i work at the city run golf course i just got a raise to 14 so unless i'm at the high side of the what what was it 12 to 14 dollar pay scale that they were telling me so unless i get the absolute highest i can get which i don't really think i'm 100% qualified to earn that then I'll be taking a pay cut but it's you know in the long run it's definitely going to be more beneficial than working at a fucking golf course so and I think for anybody that's in college right now I think it's you know super important for them to get an internship while in college get that experience under your belt Mm -hmm. whether it be some small company big company it doesn't really matter just some some experience and then having um, a passion for where you're trying to go right I'm like having an internship in college is like a double whammy too because not only do you get professional experience ho- hopefully i can't really guarantee that for every position but you're ideally getting professional experience and then you also have an internship on your resume that you can talk about in an interview and it doesn't have to like if you're using you know a software or whatever it may be for like financial shit for one company that you're doing your internship for and another company doesn't even use that software they're still going to ask you about it because they want to know how good of like a learner you are if you can pick things up quickly and if you have an issue like learning new things so i mean even if they never use something that you're familiar with like it's still good to have those things to talk about i agree 100 percent. um yeah so well so on to the next one yeah well so what's going on with uh, your gambling spree i heard uh heard you've been losing a little bit of money dude maybe uh, making a little losing a little so net i'm up right now but i've been getting my ass kicked for the last few days i started out really bad you I just started a little while ago right yeah, so um, I started on the Super Bowl, and then the um, Bavada account that I use has a great referral program, so if anybody's thinking about getting into it, we both get the plug, so hit me up, send you that link, both get, I think, 100 bucks or something like that. Can you throw then, that in the description at all? Um, I might be able to. Maybe we'll throw it in the description then. Throw that link in the description. Anybody who wants to be... Catch me, catch me down there. <laughs> Anybody who wants to be a degenerate gambler with me, let's let's get after it text me for picks my picks have been all right lately but um like i said yeah i lost a shit ton of money in the last two days so maybe not uh but super bowl got my ass kicked thought about just pulling out the money because i did get a bonus because how many how many bets did you make in the super bowl uh i think like 16 to 18 i believe but um you yeah i mean it was a shitty super bowl like i'm assuming that vegas probably cleaned up in that super bowl like hardly anybody won bets but i did see Someone put $20 on that Rams would have a final score of three points. The payout on that, 
because like predicting someone's exact score you get crazy odds on because it's so hard to do yeah the payout is like 250 grand dude on 20 dollars yeah crazy what? it might it might have been 150 it might have been 150 but wow crazy dude that's nuts <laughs> so i mean well no one would who predicts like right like three scores two high scoring teams and one of them gets three points like i'm sure he had a bunch of money spread out so he probably lost a lot of his other bets so net he was probably like i mean he's still probably up a shit ton of money because oh, if you hit sure. something like that like whew. um but i mean it's been good like there's ways to there's like really safe ways of betting um I've been doing exact scores of hockey games. So they'll give you like a total combined score between the two teams. You can do exactly one, exactly two, exactly three, four, all, the way, team, right? all the way up to eight. And then you get nine and over. And nine and over is not really good odds because it kind of encapsulates any high scoring game. So as long as you can like, and you can bet it live during the game. So if it's like a low scoring first period, you're like, okay, they're not going to get to nine. So I can whittle it down to like exactly five, exactly six, exactly seven, exactly eight. And the odds on it are ridiculous. So I'll put like two bucks on all of those. And the payouts will be like $16, $18, $20 on $2 because the odds are so good of predicting the exact score. And they change, you know. As Obviously, the your payout's going to get lower as the time of the game goes through, right? Right, because you're more likely to hit that number, you know. So the best odds you're going to get are before the game starts because no one knows how scoring's going to go. You know, they could come out and score six goals in the first period and you're like, fuck. Like, <laughs> all those bets. That Vegas Golden Knights last year. Dude, I just lost some money on Vegas. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. What'd you bet? Uh, I had them in a parlay. So a parlay, you need all of the bets in the parlay. So, like, you can take three or four individual bets and string them all together and you'll get better odds because it's harder for, you know, four bets to hit. But if one of them doesn't hit... The whole parlay is fucked. So, um, yeah, they, that's they fucked me. What's the payout on that? Um, it's so like they'll like show you the odds and stuff like that as you add the teams. But you usually like if you get a three team parlay, um, decent odds. If you're going, uh, shoot, what the point spread is usually decent odds. The over under is usually decent odds. These are all things you can parlay. Does it, is there like a certain amount of bets you have to make within that parlay or is it just you can do two or three you can go as little as two but stringing two bets together is harder than stringing eight, or easier than stringing eight bets together right so like the likelihood obviously of, the payouts can be a lot lower on that right but it so like what i've heard of a lot of people doing is like putting like two three dollars down on like eight game parlays and then if that hits they'll make like 400 500 bucks but like the chances of an eight game parlay hitting are like really slim, but you're only out two bucks. So like, yeah, you know, if one of them hits and you like, if you have a hundred bucks, you make $52 parlays. One of them hits for 115 bucks and then you're net positive. So it's like, bucks, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's not an unreasonable type of gambling. You could also just get fucked on all your parlays. Like I have been recently, but, um, it's, there's a there's a lot of nuance to gambling like i definitely don't know all there is to know like there's people that look at the referees like look at the travel time stuff like that a lot Um, of different factors that could play into it yeah and then you know fucking uh la lakers just lost to the phoenix suns like the fuck is that marquette lost to motherfucking creighton at at home in college basketball Home field advantage is crazy in college basketball. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. Marquette's ranked 10th in the nation. Creighton's not even ranked, and they came and fucking blew them out. Wow. Unbelievable. I think it was Creighton. It was, I don't know, it was, it was somebody, and they were, they were a huge favorite, um, Marquette was, obviously. Um, so, I mean, crazy shit happens. Like, 
I don't know. I, I'm de- I, like I said, I'm net positive right now, so I can't really like complain and moan too much. But you're uh, having fun with it, though, right? Dude, it, it makes you care about games that you don't give a shit about. Like I was watching the Nuggets game, which like I live in Colorado, so I guess you could say that I should care about it. I don't give a fuck about the Nuggets, um, and I was like screaming because they about came back last night um, against the Spurs. The Spurs were up like eighteen dollars. So um, eighteen the- points. Or 18 points. <laughs> 18 dollars. <laughs> um, 18 points. So, like, Denver Moneyline, which is just who's going to win the game is Moneyline is what it's called. Um, Denver Moneyline was, like, plus, like, 1,000. So, if I put $1 down, the payout was 10 on a dollar. So, wow. like, I would sprinkle, like, $2 bets on the Moneyline. They came back and lost by fucking one point, dude. Most ridiculous oh shit God. I've ever seen. And then... That'd be pretty... Uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty irate. <laughs> and then I had a point spread for the Bucks game. And the Bucks got beat, which was crazy because they were a huge favorite. And they were just fouling people down the stretch. So I had point spread. I think it was like minus like four and a half or something like that. They just fouled them down the stretch and they shot free throws to get outside of the point spread. And then they came down and like... they're So they were fouling to stop the clock, right? In right. basketball, shit always happens at the end of the game. They're fouling to stop the clock. And then they come down and just throw up like a running, like not even a serious shot, like totally just fucking around. They just come up and just throw up a random three-point shot. Like that's what they were fouling for. Like they gave up. They knew they weren't going to win the game because it was like a nine-point game. Right. But I had the spread at like minus like six and a half or something like that. Right, right. Or plus plus six and a half, whatever it was. And like they were fouling them. So like it, w- it went outside the point spread. And then, like, it was all for nothing. I was like, well, if you're going to foul them, like, you know, at least you come down and try and score. Yeah. And then the point spread. That, and then you'd be in that point spread. Yeah. And no, they, they just fouled them for no fucking reason and just came down and threw up a stupid ass shot. And I was like, are you fucked? Like, you're going to foul them and send them to the line so that you can get the ball back. And then you're going to do that with it? Like, are you kidding me? I've never been me? on you guys again. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, it's it's been a rough streak, but every now and then, you know, like, favorites just lose you know to the underdog and you know it's hard to root against the underdog but when you got money on it it's pretty it makes it easier <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun i should probably get into it too i mean yeah like i said I at least i, was, start, I probably i probably start betting on some like hockey i mean i was screaming and banging the ottoman and stuff like that at my buddy's house we were watching it together and we were watching the line because we were live betting it so we were like oh like i'll sprinkle like two bucks on denver right now they're plus 1600 so like i'll make 30 something dollars on a two dollar bet and then they came back to within one point, and then they honestly fucked it up. They had multiple chances to win the game after they came back from an 18-point deficit, wow. and they just fucked it up. They must, have known, like, they must have known you were betting. They were just out to get you. I, I did win some bets on that, but I was I was really sad. If Denver would have won, I would have cleaned up yesterday. But yesterday I was net positive. So the two days before were... Whew. As long as you're making a little bit of profit. Yeah, it's it's hard out here for newbie. For a gambler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we definitely went way over time here. Why don't you tell us about your Chevelle real quick, and we'll wrap it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, any of you guys listen, I probably don't know, but I have a uh, 1969 Chevelle I've been working on. It's a Chevy Chevelle. I've been working on that since I was, like, 13 years old. Pretty cool uh, to get into. Yeah, it was it was great, man. I uh, I was really fortunate. I had a... A friend of my grandpa's, he is a big restorer in uh, classic cars, and I uh, went over to his house one day and just uh, saw all of his neat cars, and I was like, man, this is really great. Anyways, 
long story short, he took me under his wing and he's like, yeah, I'll show you how to restore a car. And we were working on his cars one day and he had another 69 Chevelle uh, sitting down in, in his barn and he was restoring one currently. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I might just throw some huge tires in the back and a big motor and just drag it. <laughs> and he's like, well, or I could just sell it to you and you could restore it. So he sold it to me for 350 bucks. Jesus. Yeah, super cheap. 13 I mean, it years was, it old. It was essentially just a frame, but still, that's crazy. Yeah, so it, yeah, it was a frame, and it, it had a body on it, so it had the shell. Um, everything was all rusted out. We ended up replacing um, both quarters on both sides. Uh, basically, every um, body panel on the car is new except for the roof. Um, but I just got it back from paint uh, last week. Uh, spent a pretty penny on that, but really yeah, excited. Put some money into it, but yeah, yeah, it looks so, good. Man. It looks great, man. It's a long time coming, so I'm really excited. Um, I got it painted. Uh, it's an ocean metallic blue. Everything's put back together, so now uh, I'm gonna get the wiring kit, start wiring, rewiring the whole car. Motor's done. It's making about 420 horse at the crank, so it'll <laughs> it'll be pretty. <laughs> it'll be pretty sick. Dude. It'll be pretty wicked. Uh, it'll it'll be fast. But not as yeah. fast as the beam, but you know, neither should I. So the, the bean? bean, the bean. I think they call them beans. <laughs> no, uh, no, dude, that's foolish. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be cool. It'll be really nice. Uh, hopefully next year I'll get it running. But nice we'll get, Sunday I'm, cruiser, you can get on some drive on it. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna eventually um, take it to the track. And it's not like it's an original car, so you don't have to worry about like keeping the miles low on it, which is nice. A lot of those collectors. What do you mean? Cars, or, what do you mean original? Oh, like everything's like numbers matching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that's that's where you get money is like if all the serial numbers on all the parts of your car match, and like you've had it for you know twenty years sitting in a garage, and all like that's kind of gambling too, because it might not be worth shit in twenty years. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So um, then you're just paying for garage space, for and that's nothing. no fun. I'm I honestly want a driver's car. I want something right, I can yeah. go out and cruise. Mm-hmm. I can go out and take it to the to the drag strip or I can take it to the uh, road road course and go have fun with it. That's what it's really all about. I I mean, it'd be nice to have a collector car, but I think for what I'm kind of going for, it'll be uh, really nice to just have a nice, fun driver. God damn it. I had the compressor off on this mic the entire time. So is it fucked? No, it's not fucked. The sound's just not compressed. So like the highs and the lows are kind of... The, high, the highs are true highs and the lows are true lows. It's not really condensed down. So sorry if I don't sound like Ariana Grande's bitch ass on here. <laughs> trying our best out here for you guys. If you can't, you can't love me at my best. You can't have me at my worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. I guess we'll wrap it up. That's kind of uh, our lives in a nutshell for you uh, over the last few weeks. Um, oh, we didn't talk about Michael Cohen. Fuck. We'll catch him on the next one, huh? Yeah, in about a week, like next Monday or so, we're definitely going to drop another one, so just be looking out for that. Watch out. <laughs> no, I really, I'm coming up next weekend. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll, have another, we'll have another episode out for you guys. Um, give us any feedback or comments on what you guys thought of the podcast. Um, and Smash that hope, like button. Smash it. Share it. <laughs> love it. We'll see you Tell soon. Tell your grandmas, ma. Love you guys. All right, peace.